0: The reading is from uh, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. And it should be on the screen behind me and on page 1145 of the Church Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting to read at verse 1. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power.
1: Brilliant. Is this on? Hello, hello. So, um, tonight I've been asked to speak about um, the Holy Spirit empowering us to witness, about witnessing to other people, about talking to other people about our faith. Um, And there are lots of things in kind of my life that I find relatively easy and lots of things in my Christian faith that I find relatively easy. But talking to people about my Christian faith has been something in my life that I've definitely not found easy. I've spent like kind of my whole life in the church, my whole life in a Christian family. I was in a Christian church for 18 years before I came here and I heard loads of talks, loads of talks about Um, the amazing gift we have in our lives of Jesus and how we should tell other people about Jesus because he's such a great gift in our lives. You know, we got this, we, we had Jesus, he came into our lives, we accepted Jesus into our lives and he died on the cross to forgive us from our sins, to make us pure, to make us clean so that when God looks at us, he sees someone who's pure and someone who's clean and someone who's without blemish. And also we're part of this loving family, we're part of this spiritual family where we can sort of, grow and mature together and worship God together, and also that we have this whole life with God. We have eternity with God in heaven, and we get to be with him forever. And this is such a great gift that surely we want to share it with other people. Surely we want other people to have a taste of what we have in our lives, the amazing thing we have in our lives. So I heard these talks done by other people, these talks saying this, saying that we have this fantastic gift in our lives and we should share it. And I thought, yes, yes, of course we should. I have this, of course, I want to share it with other people. This is great, I believe what you're saying. You're absolutely right, fantastic stuff. But then I'd go to school Monday morning, sit, next, sit on a chair next to my non-Christian friend, and my non-Christian friend would say, so, what did you do at the weekend? And I knew, I knew this was an opportunity to share my faith with them. I knew I could say, ah, oh, well, I went to church and I had this amazing experience with God and I shared, I could could share my faith with them and I can say how, you know what, Jesus died for my sins, I accepted him into my life and I was made pure by Jesus, I have this amazing spiritual family around me, brothers and sisters who I can grow together with, I have eternal life with Jesus, it's amazing and you can have that too. And I want to tell you today, if you want to have that too, you can have that too. Just, and we could do like the prayer thing. You know how they do the prayer thing where they get you to repeat something after you. And then they become Christians and they tell everyone else about Jesus and we start a revival. And it would be amazing. I knew I had an opportunity to do that. But when they asked me, what did you do at your weekend, my initial feeling was just, I don't want to be challenged on my faith. I don't want to be asked those kind of pointy questions that I don't actually know the answer to. You know, why is there evil, evil and suffering in the world? Well, I think I think I know the answer to that one. You know, why why does all these things happen? Why does God let these things happen? You know, all these questions that perhaps I don't know the answer to, and even if I do, I'm not really sure I know the answer to. I didn't really want to be challenged in my faith. Suddenly that whole desire I had when I listened to those talks about sharing my faith with other people just bowled down to nothing, an empty desire. And so I would, I would say to them, you know, I went to church and it was great and, you know, I kind of worship God, but I keep it brief. I try to have minimal interaction. I wouldn't take advantage of the opportunity. The only reason I take the opportunity would be because i feel bad if I didn't. I know it's a good thing as a Christian to have opportunities and use these opportunities to share your faith. It wasn't because I really had a desire to share things with them. And after a while, I started to kind of think and ask the question, you know what, I hear all these talks about sharing your faith. There are all these fantastic evangelizers in the world, people going around and saying, you know, have Jesus in your life. Do you want Jesus in your life? And thousands come to Jesus and they tell millions of people and they have this desire in them. What's the difference between them and me? Where's their desire? What's their passion? What what have they got that I haven't? Why am I kind of stuck in this kind of upset awkward time of trying not to share very much because I don't want to have to be confronted with difficult questions. And then I remembered um, the story of Jesus and what it says in the Bible about Jesus. And and these verses sort of came to mind. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. And Jesus, being moved with compassion, touched their eyes and straight away they received their sight and followed him. And being moved with compassion... He stretched forth his hand and and touched him and said to him, I will be made clean. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And that was the kind of thing I thought, actually, maybe that's the thing I'm missing. It's this compassion, it's this love for other people. Because when Jesus saw them, he had this great sense of love, this great sense of compassion. He was moved with compassion for other people. So surely, If you love someone and you really want them to find out about the gospel, you tell them. You love someone so much that you want them to know about the gospel. So that was me. That's the gap. No desire. I don't want to be confronted. I didn't actually really have this compassion for them. And then Jesus at the other end of the spectrum, filled with compassion, moved with love, wanting to share his faith, wanting to heal people, wanting to tell other people about how fantastic God was. And so the question was, how do I close the gap? And the answer to all good questions, of course, is Jesus, intimacy with God. Because when we come close to God, we become more like God. And we start to want things that he wants and the Holy Spirit's in our lives and we're filled with this desire and this passion and this love for other people. It's intimacy with God. The closer we get to God, the more we become like him. Like we're filled with this desire to do his will. And that brings us nicely onto our passage. Um, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's all about Jesus. Having Jesus as his priority. And it's sort of, this verse is kind of less about Paul just kind of ignoring everything else, ignoring everything around him apart from Jesus, but more about kind of what was at the center of his life? Where was his focus? Where was his attention? What was he looking towards? What was he kind of passionate about? And the thing at the center of his life was God and making him known, making Jesus known and him crucified on the cross known. And I was reading a commentary about it and it was talking about how, you know what, even, it, it wasn't Paul's aim to be like a politician or to be a scientist or to be an artist. But if he were to be a politician, then he'd use that to share the gospel. He'd use his influence to share stuff about God. If he were to be a scientist, he'd use this understanding to better explain The wonders of God and how God is so fantastic and if he were to become an artist he'd use this to glorify God his jobs were a mean to an end the center of his life was Jesus it all revolved around Jesus and so that's kind of a challenge for us what's at the center of our life do we have Jesus at the center of our life is everything we're doing in our lives revolving around Jesus I thought when I was younger, surely the best job in the world must be to be a vicar. Because being a vicar is easy. You know, it's easy to do the stuff it says in the Bible, because it says in the Bible you need to witness to other people, you need to talk to other people about God, because you love them. Easy. They come on a Sunday, you preach them, done. Fulfilled that quota, you've done all you need to do, off your pop, and you've fulfilled what you need to do. Being a vicar must be the best thing in the world. Easiest, fulfil everything. It'd be fine. I'm sure Jit will tell you otherwise. But then, as I, I started to grow up, I started to realise how fantastic it is to be in the world, having a job in the world. Because if we have a job in the world, we have a massive sphere of influence, of people who aren't necessarily Christians. You know, loads of people coming on a Sunday, maybe they're Christians, or they're kind of quite Christian, or they're Christian-ish. But then people... You know, in the office, there might be, like, majority not Christians, or even no Christians apart from you. You have lots of opportunity to tell other people about Jesus. And surely, who are the best people to talk to other people about Jesus? Who's the best person to talk to a scientist about Jesus? Surely another scientist. If you're a scientist in a place of scientists, you have massive influence. You understand where they're coming from, you're part of their world, but you're also a Christian, and it's an opportunity to share your faith. But then if you're a doctor, who's the best person to influence another doctor? Surely a doctor. They understand where they're coming from. You've got massive influence around you with people who are like you. And you have opportunity to share your faith and to engage with other people in a new way. But being filled with this compassion and this desire from other people comes from kind of where your attention is. Is your attention on God or is it on the world? What are you looking for in life? Are you looking for God... You're looking for stuff in the world. And if if God isn't your top priority, then something else is. There's something else in your life that is stealing you away from that intimacy with God that allows you to talk to others about God, that allows you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and this compassion and love for witness, whether that's money or maybe even other people or just things. They're kind of stealing you away from this fantastic relationship with God which breeds so much goodness the closer you are with God the better position you're in in life surely and it kind of when you're close to God when you're filled with the Holy Spirit when you're looking to do what God wants you to do when you're looking for God's will in your life rather than your own you're kind of in the best surely you're in the best position for the Holy Spirit to work through you're in a humble position And I love love this next bit on the passage tonight, where it goes, I came to you in weakness, with fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to witness. It's the Holy Spirit that allows us to do things, that allows us to go forward in faith, to help people come to Christ by the Holy Spirit moving through us. But it comes from that place of intimacy with God. That is the best place we can be in, in order to witness to other people. And there are so many different ways the Holy Spirit can help us to witness there's prayer you know you hear loads of stories of kind of these prayer stories where a mom has prayed for her son for many many years and one day after many years the son became a Christian and these people he prayed for nations and prayed for groups of people and gradually people became a Christian and this person who had a list of people they wanted to become a Christian and they put everyone on the list and one person they put on the list was the nurse who was looking after them as they were on their deathbed and they saw everyone come to Christ apart from this one person. And when they died, this person came to faith in, faith in God, faith in Christ. Prayer can help us to witness. Prayer can help soften the hearts of the people in our lives. Prayer can help us have this intimacy with God and help us to be filled with love. But also, the more we're kind of filled with the Holy Spirit, the more we have the fruits of the Spirit, which put us in a great position Um, to talk to other people about God. We've got joy, love, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. It's like being a living witness. When people see our lives, they see a person who's a Christian, they see a person who's a powerful witness, not by their talking, but by their actions, by the way they're living their lives, what they're doing in their lives every day. And Another thing is spiritual gifts. You know, we don't just have to be a witness to those who aren't Christians. We can be a witness to each other. Administration, discernment, faith, healings, miracles, prophecy, teaching, tongues interpretation, wisdom. It's kind of all these spiritual gifts that can help us each other grow in our faith. I know I've kind of sat in church and listened to many people say their testimonies and when they talked about kind of the struggles they had in had in their faith, you go, I had that struggle too. I didn't realize other people had this struggle. Sort of hiding away from it. And they talk about these struggles they had, but how God was consistent through. And it motivates us to keep running the race, keep running the good race, to be close with God. And they're just so powerful. So it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to witness. But the best way for us to be the sensitive to the Holy Spirit is when we've got that intimacy with God. God. So the question I have really today is, is God your one priority? Is God the one thing in your life you're looking for, where your attention is at? Is Jesus in the center of your life, so much so that your whole life is shaped around Jesus? The things you do in your life, you do because you're doing them for Jesus. Is Jesus your number one priority? And if he isn't, what can you do to change that? Because that's what helps us to be powerful witnesses, to share our faith, to share the fantastic gift we have in our lives, that Jesus has come into our lives. He's forgiven our sins. We've become holy and pure. We have this loving family with us and we get to spend eternity with him. Surely that's a gift worth sharing and surely our relationship with God is something worth working on to get there. Thank you.
0: Well, Sam, thank you very much.